if you've got your Bibles, open them up to Judges chapter 3 and verse 31. And tonight we've got it on the, on the screen from the message. But if you've got it in your Bible, I really hope that you just keep it open because it's a little bit different. But I like the message because it's Australian. It's Australian. You listen to it and you, you'll understand what I mean. Judges 3, 31. Shamgar, son of Anath, came after Ehud. Using a cattle prod, he killed 600 Philistines single-handed. He too saved Israel. That's it. Just one verse. That's the shortest Bible reading we've had in a long time. But I want you to focus on just that last phrase. He too saved Israel. This guy, Shamgar, saved his nation. Just let that sink in. Think about you in your nation. This guy saved Israel using a cattle, a cattle prod, a cattle prod. You might have in your Bible an ox goad or something like that. I never even knew what an ox goad was. I had to look it up. Um, in fact, this is the only time in the whole entire Bible that you'll ever see the word ox goad. It's such a random spot. I mean, this is such a random guy, Shamgar. He gets one verse, like his story gets one verse in the Bible. He gets another, a little cameo appearance in chapter five of Judges when Deborah sings a song and uh, she talks about Shamgar in the, in the days of Shamgar. And we'll look at that in a little bit, bit later, but he only gets one verse. But he saved his nation. Here it is. Uh, in Judges chapter 5, have a look there. In chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, we see Deborah's song. Now, before we look at it, many of us have heard of Judges, right? The book of Judges. It's called Judges, but really they're not, you know, men dressed up in weird-looking wigs and carrying mallets around and passing judgment on people. The word really means leaders. You see, before Israel ever had a king, I mean, they had God, right, as their Lord, as their, as their king. And before that, before uh, Israel had kings, God would raise up these leaders, these judges, to um, protect his people. And so uh, also prophets as well. And so he raised up people like Samson. You know, we've heard of Samson. Gideon. Gideon's a famous one. Uh, Deborah, Deborah, a woman judge, a woman leader. Awesome. Read her story. She gets a few chapters. You know, there's a few people there that get a few chapters. But Shamgar, he just gets one verse. Uh, but let's have a look at chapter 5 and verse 6 and 7. It says this. This is Deborah's song. So just imagine Deborah singing this with uh, Balak. In the time of Shamgar, son of Anath, and in the time of Jael, another woman. Public roads were abandoned. Travelers went by back roads. Warriors became fat and sloppy. No fight left in them. See, these are pretty harsh words. We'll leave that up on the screen for everyone. These are pretty harsh words because, uh, you know, their the warriors became fat and sloppy. Travelers went by back roads. Why did they do that? Because it was such a, a terrible time to live in. They had to go 
back roads because if they went the main roads, they, they might get mugged or attacked by invading marauding armies that were going to come in and attack them. And that's what happened, you see. If you read the whole book of Judges, you'll see this kind of pattern, this cyclic pattern that happens again and again and again. You see, God wanted to be the king of his people. He's always wanted to be the king of his people. I mean, that's why he sent Jesus, right? Amen. We could just finish the sermon right there. But in the meantime, he wanted his people to trust him and to honor him and to value his laws and his plans and his promises and his details. I mean, like the, the world around the Israelites were bringing influences that God did not want them to have. You know, and, and, and in the time of Judges, what God's people would do was they would, they, would, um, they would honor God and they'd worship him and then everything would be peaceful for a while. But then they'd turn their back on God and they'd become apathetic and they'd, they wouldn't worship him. And they'd slowly begin to turn towards worshiping other gods from other nations because it was way cooler because lots more people were doing it. And they forgot God's ways. And then eventually they would turn, into, turn towards sin. And, and God would then send an invading army to overthrow them. And then they'd cry out to God as they were being oppressed by that invading army. They'd cry out to God for help. And then eventually he'd send a leader to save them and then there'd be a time of peace for a while and they'd turn back to God for a while and then after a little while they'd turn their back on him again and and then they'd turn towards other gods and then God would send in an invading army and then they'd then they'd remember oh we're so sorry God and then and it was this, this cyclic thing and it was like oh my goodness guys just get a clue seriously how many times do you have to do this you know, I read about people in the Bible like that, and I'm so encouraged because I can be a bit like that sometimes. Sometimes, you know, when everything's going peaceful in my life, I forget my prayer life sometimes disintegrates a little bit. You know, but when something bad happens to me or my family or someone I love, then I'm on my knees, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worshipping in my, in my clothes, in my walk-in wardrobe. I've got my guitar and I'm just praising him, I'm praying. You know, when something good, if, if it's a time of peace, it's easy for us to turn our back on God's ways. And uh, especially to listen to the, um, the majority influence around and about us. You know, like, for example, um, I think there's like, there's, is there about a thousand genders out there now? Can we just have two? Can we just, can we just have two? Like I get the persuasions. Let's have thousands of persuasions. People can make their own choice, but genders, please. There's just two, right? It's, but sometimes we forget that as believers. We forget that God was the one actually who created everything and, and set those things in place. And we can start to be influenced by the, by the majority voices around us and, uh, and sadly miss, miss out on the blessing and the peace that God would want us to have and the, and the prosperity and the life that we've been designed to live. And so here in Judges, God would raise up individuals, you know. Um, and it's cool. It's such a cool book. You should read the whole thing. It's awesome. Um, Ehud comes before Shamgar. And Ehud, it's a gross story. It's really good to, to read this one to teenage boys because um, it, it's awesome. Uh, it involves knives and... Um, yeah, you should read it yourself. It's a bit um, non-PG for Facebook, probably. But read it yourself, Ehud. But then Shamgar comes after Ehud, right? And he gets one verse. But I want to talk tonight about how even just 
Shemgar gets one verse. We can learn so much from him. He saved his nation. Like, just one guy. The power of one. The power of one. It only takes one. You know, we usually used to hear, you know, in the negative sense, it, it takes one apple to upset the whole apple cart. Or like in, um, you know, a group of students at school, you know, it only takes one to uh, influence the rest of the others, you know. And, and, but, but in a positive respect, it also only takes one. It just takes one person. It takes one voice, just one heart that says enough is enough. I'm going to stand up for what's right for my people. And Shamgar is that guy. You know, I like, I like names. I like to look at the people's names and to find out the meaning in people's names. And, 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 and I was looking up in, in my Bible reference books and all that sort of stuff about Shamgar. And you know what I found? What his name means? I have no idea. I can't find it. I can't, he's, that, he's that ordinary. I can't find out what his name means. In fact, his father, there's no other mention of his father really here at all. Like there's no other mention of, of Shamgar or Anath in, in Bible history. This guy's just an ordinary man that lives in his town and he happens to be a farmer, but he has had enough of what's going on around him and he rises up. You know, the power of one. Tonight's sermon obviously is called Shamgar, the power of one. But let's learn three things from Shamgar. All right, I'll just I'll throw them out there right now so you can, uh, you can sleep through the rest of the sermon. These are the three things I learned from Shamgar. Start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. Start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. To see victory in your life and to see success in God's eyes in your life, I believe this is, this is the principle that we all need to stand on. Start where you are. If, you, if, if you've got marauding armies in a spiritual sense coming against you or your family, start where you are. Have a look at your own surroundings where you are right now. Shamgar, where was he? Well, he was on a farm. He started where he was on the farm. He didn't wait for the opportunity to come his way. He didn't wait for someone else to throw him the opportunity. He didn't, he didn't wait for anyone to invest in him. He didn't wait for some mentor to say, you know, I think I believe right now is the time for you to act. He, just, he was just on his farm and he saw an issue and he started where he was. He didn't start where he was not. <laughs> so start where you are, not where you're not. <laughs> that might sound really superfluous. But sometimes we can look at other people and, and, and we want to start where they are. And, and we, just, we just need to remember this one principle. This is Shamgar didn't start where anyone else was. He just started where he was at. Not where you're not. Not where you used to be either or where you were. You know, like our God is a God who always looks forward. Okay, he's doing a new thing. He's always looking forward. You used to be like that. You used to have that kind of thing. You used to have plans to win 
battles like that. You used to do that. But no, Shamgar is starting where he is. Start where you are. It, sometimes we can say, well, that, that job, like planting a church, for example. Well, it worked over there, so let's do the same thing over here. Or that person did it like that, so let's do it exactly the way that person did it. You know, Shamgar didn't look at anyone else around him. He didn't kind of go, oh, Ehud killed the guy like this. I'm going to do it like that. You can read about how Ehud killed the guy. All right. And we're also not saying that anyone needs to kill anybody tonight, by the way, just letting you know. But in terms of victory over your own people, then start where you are. Start where you are. Start where you are. There you go. Number two, use what you have. Use what you have. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> a cattle prod, a cattle prod. All right, we might think like that's, that's really good. You know, this guy must have been a ninja, you know, to use a cattle prod on two people that were invading his farm or his nation. But he, he used a cattle prod, a, an ox goad on 600 Philistines. Like 600 Philistine trained warriors. This man is using an, a cattle prod on trained warriors. It's like... It's like, it's like 600 trained ISIS soldiers coming straight at him and all he's got is a garden implement. But he's starting where he is and he's using what he's got and he knows enough is enough when it comes to God's ways and God's design and God's plan. It's like God says to the guy, hey, what's in your hand? Just use whatever you've got. Now, this, this cattle prod, this ox goad, I'll try and explain to you what, what most, most archaeologists think this is. It's basically just a long pole with a, with a pointy end. It's a long pole with a pointy end. It's nothing special. It's not like a blade. It's not M16s. It's not tanks. It's not Black Hawk helicopters. It's not nuclear missiles. It's not an armada of battleships. It's not even multiple, multiple weapons. It's just one weapon in this man's hand and he uses what he has. He uses what he has. The message is, what have you got? What's in your hand? God says to uh, Moses in Exodus chapter four, what's in your hand? You know, when he's calling Moses to deliver his people out of Egypt because God has seen enough is enough. He's heard his people cry out to him from Egypt, from oppression in Egypt under Pharaoh. And he has raised up Moses, like one of these judges, raised up Moses to lead them out. And Moses is like, well, I'm, not, I'm nothing special. I can't say any. Who am I going to say is sending me? You know, like, what if they don't believe me? And God says, what's in your hand in Exodus 4 to Moses? And Moses, he's tending sheep, so it's a sheep stick. And so he's like, this is my sheep stick. And God says, throw it down. And so Moses throws it down. It turns into a snake. God turns it into a snake. And then, that's a miracle, right? And then God says to Moses, pick it up by the tail. So Moses then picks it up by the tail and it turns back into his sheep stick. The same sheep stick. You know, God does a miracle when Moses is willing to use what's in his hand and give it over to God and let go of it. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Uh, 
I was just driving my car the other day and I realised what was in my hand. Guess what it was? My steering wheel. My steering wheel was in my hand. And I thought, wow, this is actually really cool. I own a car. I own a car that I can use to, to serve God, to bless others. Or then what I thought was how I drive my car with my little cross hanging down, actually, is it honoring God or not? Whatever's in my hand, I need to give it over to God. I need to let it go and, and let God have it. What's in your hand? Something else I noticed that was in my hand this last week was my mobile phone from time to time. I had my mobile phone in my hand. I've got my Bible on it. I text people, I call people, I check, I check emails. Sometimes I'm in Facebook. Sometimes I Google stuff that's weird. But what's in your hands? And are you using it to honor God? Are you using it to bring victory? Jesus, when he met Peter and Andrew and James and John, what did they have in their hands? Nets. They had nets. And Jesus called them to be disciples. And he used what was in their hands to teach them a lesson about what he wanted them to do. He said, you're going to be fishers of men from now on. Did they still fish? Of course they did. They went fishing. But the net was an illustration that Jesus wanted them to know about something greater that he wanted them to use, use them for. What's in your hand? What do you have that nobody else has? What ability that do you have that nobody else has? What's special about you? You know, sometimes people are just amazing at linguistics and they can, they can learn multiple language, languages. That's an amazing thing to have in someone's hand for the kingdom of God. Sometimes, sometimes it's just something simple like Matthew. When Jesus called Matthew, the, the disciple Levi, what did he have in his hand? Well, these days he'd probably have a calculator and a pencil. But in those days, he just had his ability to work with numbers, his account, accounting ability. You know, I know Rose, she's got that in her hands and she uses that to bring victory for the kingdom of God as well, to bring honor to God. Moses had a sheep stick. Matthew had numbers. Last week, we learned about Lois and Eunice and they had a Timothy in their hands. You might have a Timothy in your hands too. You might just say to, to, to me tonight, look, I've got nothing in my hand. I've got, I've got nothing in my hands. I don't have anything. I'm not good. I'm no good. I can't do. I won't be able to do. I'm no shamgar. I'm a sham. Well, that's rubbish because we've all got something in our hands. Could be a passion. Could be dreams. Could be faith. Anything. You know, it's awesome, the story in the Bible where Jesus is walking along the road towards healing, uh, raising a, uh, a man's daughter back to life in Mark chapter 5. And on Jesus' schedule, he's going to bring um, life to this little 12-year-old girl. But there was a lady in that crowd who had passion and faith to see a miracle happen in her life that wasn't on Jesus' agenda. Yeah, he probably knew it was coming. But it wasn't something that he planned for. In fact, he was walking the other way. And she reached out and she touched his, the hem of his cloak. And Jesus felt power leave him. And he said, who touched me? And this woman, she'd been bleeding 
for 12 years. She had this problem of bleeding for 12 years. She was considered unclean and dirty in the community, but she had enough about the stuff that was coming against her in life. And she took something in her hands, that passion, that faith, and she reached out and touched Jesus with it. And that brought miracle to her life. Moses let go of the, of the stick and it brought a miracle to the stick. And in fact, God was able to use that stick to part the Red Sea, to bring a miracle for millions of people to walk through to freedom to the promised land. It's not the stick. It's not the Timothy. It's not the nets. It's not the cattle prod. It's, it's the faith behind it and the God that it's directed towards. What have you got in your hand? This last week, as I said, I had my steering wheel in my hand, my phone in my hand. I also had my wallet in my hand. I also had my kids in my hands from time to time, giving them hugs. You know, just notice those things in your hand this week. Use what you have. Use what you have. Don't use what you don't have. Use what you have. And the last one is do what you can. Do what you can. You know, Shamgar, he slew 600 warriors that were coming against his family. 600 sounds pretty immense, right? That's massive. Next week, though, we're going to hear about more, right? This is not about numbers. This is not about killing people either. This is about the things that are coming against you and your family around you, even in your country right now, the influences of the world, apart from God's laws and standards, are coming against us and invading our families. And they're making a difference in our families' lives. They're influencing the, lo the loved ones that we have, the people around us. They're influencing the communities that we live in. God's, God's standards are, are slowly creeping out of society because people are turning their backs on him. I was just reading the Marriage Act the other day and, and, and sadly, there's just no mention of bride and groom. There's, there's no mention of wife or husband. There's no mention of male or female. And that's just the world we live in right now, but it's never been God's plan. It's never been God's plan. He loves us too much to let us do those sorts of things and go those sorts of ways. Just like the Israelites, they'd turn their back on God and, and just bad stuff happened to them because they weren't following God's ways. He's God or he's not. Start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. Now, Shamgar did what he could. He didn't do what anyone else could. He didn't compare himself. He didn't do what they can. He just did what he could. 600 people is pretty immense, right? 600 invading warriors. And he took him out. Obviously, that was a miracle. For God to do that through this one man and his cattle prod. It's a miracle. And God can do the same miracle through you and I. If we trust him with what we have in our hands. Where we are. Doing what we can. Don't do what you can't. You know, sometimes we, we Christians, we, we can sometimes step out of what we can do and, and believe that we can do what we can't. Now, God is able to do what we can't, right? He is able to do immeasurably more than what we ask or dream or imagine according to his power that is in us, 
right? So he is able, but we're not. We're able to do what we can. So I want to encourage you this week, with all that's going on around, with, with the invading armies, or if there's, if there's something coming against you, all right, in a spiritual sense, or your family or, or loved ones in a spiritual sense, or in any other kind of sense, I want to encourage you just to, just to start where you are, all right? Don't look back, don't look forwards, don't look around at what else is going on. Start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can, all right? Don't put pressure on yourselves. All right, do what you can, and God will do what you can't. And Shamgar, he did what he could. There's no more mention of him, really. I mean, Deborah talks about him in a song, which is fantastic. It's great. But Shamgar, for me, is a, is a real example of, of just an ordinary person, no one famous. You know, he's never going to be famous. But he's there for a reason for us to learn about how God can use an ordinary person to do extraordinary things when they start where they are, when they use what they have, and when they do what they can. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are with us. We thank you so much that you love us so much. We thank you that you love your people. You love the world so much that you gave your one and only Son. And we thank you, Lord, ultimately that with Jesus as our King, Nothing, this world, nothing in this world can separate us from you, from your love for us. Not death, nothing. And we just want to thank you so much for that tonight, God. Lord, I want to pray that you'd bless the hearts, Lord, tonight that, that feel like they can't, that feel like they're not good enough, that feel like the world is against them and, and, and life is against them and they just can't get up and fight. Lord, I just want to pray that you just encourage them, that they'd be encouraged tonight just to start where they are, just to get up, use what they have, and do what they can. And Lord, we thank you so much that when we do that with you as our king, you always come through and honour that and bring victory. Shamgar saved his nation, your nation, Lord, Lord, maybe he just takes one of us to do that too. I want to pray your blessing upon the kids, Father God. Pray your protection upon our children, Father God. And as they grow up in this world, Lord, help them to stand up for what is true and right. Help them to do it with love and respect, but always in honour of you. Lord, for us tonight too, God, we pray your Holy Spirit would fill us and lead us, God, this week to see what's in our hands and to honour you with it, God, and to not let anything come against us and our families and our loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen.